Hello. Hi. This is Skip Shot Podcast. Guess what? What? <laughs> We're live. Did you know? I did. I, I gathered <laughs> that from you saying hello, even though we've been talking for the last like ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, wow. This how is about the, that? This is the Push Shot <laughs> Podcast. Uh, this is episode fifty-three. Yes. And. Uh, I guess we're going to talk about some video games or something. That's what we usually do here. Yes. It's late again. Very late. Thanks to me being a fucking idiot. Yeah, you might have noticed that uh, that Mike's voice is a little bit different. Yeah. I swallowed pills badly. <laughs> I was bad at it. And it fucked me up. But I'm okay. Anyway. Breaking news. How about those video games? Have you been playing any? Zero. Well, okay. Um, Smash. I have something to talk about with Smash because I actually watched something too for it. But um, I decided I was going to learn Fox. And Fox is the most difficult character to play. It's the most technical, requires the most inputs. Um, he's just very hard. But I've I cracked down. I tried to learn him. And I'm, I'm making some headway, so that's fun. But the big Smash thing of my week was watching a tournament. I, I wouldn't really call it a tournament. Summit. It's called Smash Summit, and Summit really is the best way to describe it. They invited, like, 16 top players. Um, some of them were, like, high-profile community, and others were the best players in the world. And they live in a house for four days, and they do not just playing the game, but they play actual games like Mafia was uh, a favorite. You oh, know, yeah. You're familiar yeah. with that? Yeah, it's the not really a drinking game, but a game best played while drinking. You could make I'd it say. a drinking game. Yeah, you could. Um, but they were all drinking <laughs> during it. And it was really cool. Um, the The players who were there all say that it's like their favorite tournament that they've ever been to. And these are people who've been going for, to tournaments for ages. Uh, the atmosphere was just really nice. It it wasn't the serious esports commentary, but it yeah. wasn't like we're just fucking around either. It was very cool, and it had uh, it, not just a straight tournament either. There was a system where one person could challenge somebody else, and you could redirect the challenge. It was like this really, I don't know, like this playground environment. It was cool, and uh, I'd watch it again. It's It's so... I recommend going back and watching them play Mafia because that's really funny. Maybe not you, but if you're familiar <laughs> with with the these players, you've got like some of them are just really don't give a shit, and others are super analytical about it, and they're trying to like meta logic the the Mafia game. And it's like, well, that's exactly something that I would say if I was Mafia. But you have to consider that I could be giving you bad advice, and they got yeah. like all they use the the terminology. Of the the game too to describe the mafia game. Fucking so nerds. They say like uh, they talk in terms of reads, hard reads, or it's it was cool to watch. So yeah, yeah go back check that out if you're interested. Or a nerd. <sighs> Jesus. What's this about Fox? No, I already said it. Oh, oh Fox. Oh, 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 that's funny. not Fox News. That's what I figured it was. No, like all capitalized and stuff. Well, uh... Oh my god. I also don't What a have, screech. I don't have any video games to talk about. Uh, I do have... I Over the weekend, I watched a couple movies. Oh, yeah? And, uh, and they were Jurassic Park and Inside Out. Is Jurassic World or Park? Because you're World. World. Okay. World. Uh, I'll <clears throat> never not be able to say Jurassic Park when I mean World. Yeah, yeah. Uh... What did you think? It was alright. Jurassic World was alright. It was, uh... It was an okay sequel to Jurassic Park. Like, it just... It didn't It didn't at all live up to Jurassic Park's standards, which would be incredibly hard to live up to. Uh, it tried... I don't know. Like It, it was its own thing. I, I think it successfully did its own thing, rather than just completely trying to emulate what Jurassic Park was, yeah. you know? Like, uh, Jurassic Park excelled at the moments where they were hiding from the dinosaurs and the dinosaurs were trying to find them and stuff. Like, that that tense kind of atmosphere. Jurassic World's a little bit more action-packed, and they referenced that in the movie itself. And I think we've talked about that back when it, like, first came out. How, like, they 
they're talking. The whole concept of the movie is that they've militarized dinosaurs, and they've bred their own breed of dinosaurs because it's it's hard to sell dinosaurs to the modern public, and that people are tired of them, and that they need they need more teeth is the quote they use. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny how it was like referencing itself in that way, but it was also kind of weird because that's a way to go about talking about or like referencing your own work i don't know yeah. but that makes it interesting I, yeah when i remember watching it i was basically in the same boat i was entertained but um i i was surprised by i wouldn't say it was restrained overall but they exercised some restraint in the winks and nods to the oh, yeah. audience yeah when when it did it it felt like it worked it felt um, appropriate yeah uh a good it was a good reboot it wasn't like a totally cynical sequel or anything. They expanded the idea. They made it a little funnier. They know that people, the quote from the director, when when the studio tried to make them um, use the same characters from the previous movies, they said it would stop being a movie about dinosaurs and just be a movie about the unluckiest people in the world. And at first, so, at first I was annoyed because they used all the character cliches like the the older teenager is always looking at his cell phone and isn't interested in anything around him is always looking at the girls and and the there's like the CEO guy who's sorting to fly a helicopter and you you've got all these just total total cliche two-dimensional kind of characters but I also think that that's intentional because it's that kind of movie where mm. people are going to start dying and and I I think it was okay that 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 it was shallow in that way. I could, if they had tried to go the other directions of like trying to create these deep character arcs and stuff, then it probably would have fallen flat on his face. And instead it's kind of by stepping back and, and saying, Oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They, they get away with kind of being not so interesting, but, and you know what I did? I did kind of like the CEO guy. I like oh, that yeah. he wasn't the villain, that he was actually sympathetic you know, uh, not in not feelsy. It was kind of weird. Because gonna it was cry, like, but he's responsible for this scientist dude that has apparently like gone off the rails and created these monsters and stuff. But like, that's the, like he's he's the one responsible for that. But he sits there and points his finger at him and says, "Ah, you, what have you done? You're fired." And it's like, well, you you're the one who hired him and like approved yeah. this stuff. So, but it was, he it did. Was, he what I liked about him is that he wasn't like totally irresponsible. He he had some perspective and knew and, and like you know he gets in the helicopter and he's like I'm gonna go fight the dinosaur and like that you know dumb. you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. I didn't think that was dumb. I thought I liked that because like it, it was very intentionally. Set I didn't up. dislike you know it. It was happen. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. We're in agreement. It, it was dumb in a good way. <laughs> um, yeah. I I I did have fun watching that movie, but. But followed by Inside Out, I stopped watching that movie and then instantly put on Inside Out, and uh, Inside Out is incredible. It's really, yeah. really, really, really good. Did you see it? I did. I did. Oh my god! I, a good movie. I was expecting it to be good. I mean, it's a Pixar movie. I've heard good things about well, it. Well, like, I don't know if you can really expect that. Yeah, I mean, I, the Pixar's had a you know they they were looking like they were going in a bad direction for a while there and uh and they still kind of look like they're going in that direction but this movie in particular works 100% it, it well yeah awesome. it's the um director of up which was probably the last great pixar movie um i mean there were some quality ones maybe i'm not actually sure on that so i don't really Toy remember Story, what pixar was Toy Story 3 was after up right uh, I don't know. I it, but, it was. But it when was. I say great, I really mean great. I'm not saying good. And Toy Story 3 was a sequel and it relied on nostalgia yeah. and all that. But Up Up was a legitimately great movie. And Inside Out might be too. I don't know. I didn't like it as much as Up. Um, but I, it was very good. I liked it, I liked it more than Up. Uh, really? Yeah. I liked Up a lot. Uh, but I feel like Inside Out... There's something about the way that it it's written so well in how like the emotions are playing off of each other and stuff that I, is true. I, I loved that and i never got tired of like like they go to the memory the the uh the guys are like vacuuming up the old memories that they don't think are important anymore and stuff and just like all that stuff was 
it's it's a it's been done before the whole like representing uh your body or your emotions or whatever in actual people doing jobs but like there's something about the way that pixar pulled it off that makes it totally fresh and i i I enjoyed it a a ton uh i thought it was a better i guess i don't know i i I, I, I struggle to think of like what was better about it than up i don't know but i i liked it more i think i'll grant this I really only saw Up one time when it came out, and I was like 13 or so. So maybe I just am older now, and they don't have the same appeal. But uh, I'll I'll rewatch that maybe. Well, Up, Up's, I mean, Up's worth rewatching, that's for sure. Yeah, that's a it is a great movie. I mean, it, and it's more than just the that intro sequence that everybody loves because it's so sad. Uh, which I thought they did a better job with. Uh, that stuff in Inside Out, there was a subtlety in Inside Out. Yeah. That up, up, up was still subtle in some being, ways. But... For being basically just a time lapse montage, uh, that was an incredible scene. Uh, yes. and it, it was really effective. Uh, up develops a character, and then I'll spoil it a little bit. It develops, <laughs> you know, what's going to happen. It develops a character, and then kills that character off in a super emotional way. That you saw coming, but it's still like it's one hundred percent like just it hits everyone on a personal level too. I think that's the thing about Inside Out that I don't think Up quite has is that Inside Out is about everyone. You know, mm. it's about everyone who has been through a childhood and and had to move on from things and figure things out. And that's that's I think that might be what I like about it more than Up because Up isn't about everyone. Up is up. Is, it, everyone can relate to it, but it's not. It's not quite as as ubiquitous. Yeah, I mean, it's not ubiquitous to everyone at present. But you can kind of figure as someone ages, it becomes sure. a universal experience. But either way, they're both very good movies. I'll call them both great. Why not? Yeah, they're yeah. great. They Pixar's, Pixar's really good. good at making movies. They've had a couple of a couple of rough spots, but Cars Two, baby, yeah. Larry love, the Cable Guy. Overall, though, I love Pixar. I really do, and I, I've liked a lot of their stuff that other people haven't. Like Wally, I thought was fantastic, and a lot of people. Oh, I love uh, Wally. A lot of people don't like it very much, but I I think it was actually one of their better better movies. Anyway, moving on. Uh, last week, uh, I did a a fun little event. I'm just going to gloss over this real quick. Just something I've done. Uh, for the first time ever, I did an actual casino gambling thing where I had chips and I was at a table with a, d- a dealer and stuff. Uh, I've never done that before. I've never like actually gambled with a dealer. Yeah, it was not real gambling. It was a charity gambling event. Did you turn your gain up or something? No. Bad background noise. Oh well, uh, now it's gone away. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, anyway. It was it was a charity thing for ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, which for those who don't know, I I had ulcerative colitis and I had a surgery for it, so now I no longer have it. Uh, yeah, we were at this charity event and it, it was it was a lot of fun. I like so like we had two different kinds of dealers, and the first one wasn't taking it seriously at all, and she'd like look at the next card and like cheat oh. for you and stuff, you know. And that was kind of fun, just like to have as a first dealer where you're kind of trying to get get into the mode. And then we moved to a poker table where she was taking it like 100% seriously as if you were playing with actual money. And I, I enjoyed that a ton because it was like yelling out like all the things that were happening, you know, all the terms and stuff that half of them I don't even know. But like it was it felt real and, and it was a lot of fun. And now I actually want to go and go to an actual casino and never, I've never actually wanted to do that before. I mean, I enjoy like playing poker and blackjack with my friends and stuff, but I never thought that I would enjoy it more serious atmosphere but i did i totally i'm totally into it my dad um has a craps table craps is his favorite game because uh well for one it's the one with the thinnest margin for the house right (laughs) so he likes that and um it's just fun so he taught us how to play my brother and i but he pretended to be like a, a vegas dealer so he was like super strict with yeah, hands off now. It, like it was, it was fun to to try to pretend yeah, I, that I, way. I, I think it's fun to take stuff like like take it seriously. If you're gonna do it, take it seriously. A lot of people get turned off by that. Like they're like, oh, you're taking it too seriously, and you're you're sucking the fun out of it. But I think if you if you you could still have fun and be serious, and that's like 
like that arma group that, that that i was doing for a while was that was the idea was that like you know we're gonna play this military simulator we want to actually simulate the military and we can still have fun and joke around but like don't don't ruin it by not acting like how yes. you would act in, in in an actual situation like that uh and and if if everyone's together in that then it's fun if you have just one person who's not not into it then it ruins it for everyone which i'd but, imagine that's that's kind of how we've been approaching smash the people who've been playing it on our mumble um we decided to and people might not care about it at all but <laughs> we decided that okay Nick and I specifically, Walker, um, he's in a couple of my videos. Um, we decided, okay, we are going to learn this and we're going to do it all technically right and like really get into it. And it's just more fun that way, Yeah. even though that's counterintuitive, that when you take it seriously and aren't just fucking around, then when th- cool things do happen, it's even funnier. Like yeah. you, you raise the fun ceiling in a in a way. Yeah, I mean it's like and like playing CS:GO. I play CS:GO pretty competitively on a regular basis, and we have fun with it. We joke around, but it's still it's still just a game uh, that you distracted me. <laughs> what me stripping? I was I was blown away by your body. Anyway, yeah, uh, it, it's anyway we we joke around, we have fun with it. But we take it. The reason that we can have fun with it is that we take it seriously enough. That's a fun game because, like, the people who go in with an attitude of just like, "Oh, well, I'm just going to play it like Counter Strike or whatever," or um, like Call of Duty, they probably don't end up playing it for very long because that's not the way the game is fun. The game is only yes. fun if you're actually like trying to win, uh, and it can be frustrating and stuff. But it can also be that's the only way to have to really fully experience the, the fun of the game. But anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, just while we're getting weak stuff out of the way, um, I had a show. So oh, we yeah. opened we opened for BJ Novak. That wasn't like an actual show. We uh, we just did two sketches at that. This week was our actual show where we do two nights, ten sketches each night. Um, they're the same sketches. We didn't write twenty, but they were, it went well. It went real well. And uh, speaking of me stripping, you missed me and drag. Oh dear. So, yeah, that was fun. Should've come was, on the podcast um, like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I played this chick named Tori. Trailblazing Tori was the name of the sketch. I didn't write it, but my lines were just left open for me to say whatever shit. And it's just the most disgusting woman that you've ever <laughs> like. I'm I'm in like a crop top that's like a, a women's small and it's just stretched out over like the top five percent of my torso and we're wearing this skirt and i've got just uh very thin underpants underneath so i like spread my crotch for the audience to see and like i got lipstick on my teeth and i i have this condition where instead because i can't fart on stage on command right that would be (laughs) difficult yeah so i go and risky i go with my mouth and then it's like okay and then i explain like yeah, it might look like I'm just making fart noises with my mouth, but I've got this condition that forces gas up from my <laughs> colon into my mouth, my windpipe. I got a dingleberry in there. <laughs> stuck in my teeth, and I pull this little thing out of my tooth, and it's, it was a fun one. People were, like, legitimately disgusted and laughing. It went good, well. Good sophomore humor. I, uh, yeah. I watched that. Uh... I watched the first episode of. Uh, I've seen several episodes and I love it. Uh, yeah, Nathan for you. Have you seen that? No. Uh, I was with my sister and brother-in-law and we were killing time and on that first episode because it's free on like. Uh, you and, you uh, went silent for a second. It's free on where? Amazon Instant, I think. Okay. Uh, and uh, we put on the first episode and it's about him going to a. So the concept of the show is that. This comedian acts like he is making a television show trying to help people, you know, reboot their business. And, and that's that's flip failing, a very common, popular concept in reality TV now. But uh, but obviously he, he doesn't take it very seriously and uh, he just messes with people. You know, it's a classic like people aren't sure whether it's a joke or not kind of thing. And uh, is it like the LEG show in that way? Yeah. 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 Uh, Maybe not quite as like, 
I, I get the impression that a lot of the people that he's fucking with are aware that they're being fucked with, but it's still uh, very funny. Uh, anyway, oh, executive, but they are producer, executive producers, Tim and Eric. All right, oh, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, no, it's it is very good. You would you would like it a lot. I I guarantee it. Uh, but uh, my my sister and brother in law did not like it very much. They thought it was too immature because the first episode uh, is him going to a yogurt shop and that the struggling and he wants to come up with a PR plan to, to get the word out about the yogurt shop. So he says that they should, they should make a new flavor, a poo flavor. And he finds, he finds an actual like company that makes flavors and he commissions them to, to make poo <laughs> and they do it. And he makes, he makes a poo, <laughs> a poo frozen yogurt, uh, treat and he goes around the streets telling people to come try it and he's interviewing people and oh and he does a blind he does a uh, a blind taste test with a focus group <laughs> and uh it's a so they they get it and they they taste it and they're like at first they're like well i can i can taste like it, they, they say well it doesn't taste good i could taste like licorice or peppermint or something like that and he says yeah but like if you had to guess what flavor it was what would you guess and they all they were just like but it, it tastes like poo. And he sits there and he just nods. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, he gets people to come to the shop and try the poo flavor. And, and, and then he interviews them and they're like, yep, it, it tastes like poo. <laughs> and, uh, and then at the end of the episode, he tells the guy, he's interviewing the, the guy who owns the shop. And he says, you know, um, I think I finally found, you know, the problem here. It's actually probably a really bad idea to try to uh, get the word out for your for your shop by having a poo flavor because when people see poo or taste poo, uh, it kind of makes them disgusted and they don't want you don't want them to associate that with the shop. And the guy was like, "Well, yeah, that's what I was trying to tell you the whole time, but but you didn't listen." And he's like, "Well, I'm glad I could help." <laughs> that's just that's <laughs> you know, and that's like how they all end is just like that's good. <laughs> Just really abruptly like that. Uh, it I is. It is, a, this. it is very good. I've been meaning to catch up to the, with the whole thing. I've seen probably like six or seven episodes, and there are some that are just hysterically good. Like I love it when he brings in. The, he always he brings in the focus group a lot, and like there's one where he puts the focus group in the back of a uh, of a moving truck, so <laughs> that he can follow. They can follow him around as he goes like door to door and uh, interviews people or something like that, and they're like listening in so that they can like give live advice to him over an earpiece or something like that. And they're all in the back of this truck and the truck is like careening around corners and shit. <laughs> and so they're getting like slammed against the wall. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Uh, anyway, last, last bit of weekly business for me is that, uh, I got into a, I got into a Twitter argument and I just thought it was funny. Yeah. I thought it. it was funny. It was very funny. Uh, this guy wrote an article about, Undertale, critiquing Undertale or whatever. And at the beginning of the article, and I've seen this before, this isn't the first place I saw it. At the beginning of the article, he has like an edit note that says, uh, previously this article used the word genocide to describe the, the, that route of, uh, of Undertale. Uh, but I'm going to refer to it as no mercy because it's come to my attention that the creator doesn't like the term genocide to describe it. And he quotes a tweet that someone tweeted at him that said, the creator doesn't like genocide. It was made by a Let's Player who made a Holocaust joke in their video. Which is uh, complete bullshit. It's all it's all just made up. Because uh, I did. If you do your research, it doesn't take very long to do your research and find out that none of this is true. Uh, there is a Let's Player who does a genocide route and names his character Hitler, uh, which I suppose is the genesis of 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 what they're saying. Um, but yeah, Toby Fox has never made any any statement about it, and he responds to people calling it genocide route and doesn't correct them or anything like that. Uh, so I, you know, I made a kind little tip replying to the tweet, and I said, hey, you know, I don't think there's any evidence of Toby Fox ever saying this. Uh, I've, yeah, there's, there's, there's no, I can't find anything that, that indicates this. The guy responds and says, well, if I can avoid making Holocaust jokes uh, in my article, I will. Making light. Maybe the light, light of the Holocaust, yeah. and and I said, yeah, of atrocities. Well, I think was the word he used. And Some... I think, yeah, I think I responded like, yeah, but you, you in your article it says that that's the creator's intent is that he doesn't like the the term, but you, but but, but that's wrong, and and so you should probably change that. And the guy was the guy said something stupid, or he didn't respond to that. 
And then and then I poked him with something mean. I don't know. I was mean to him, and I got blocked. That's my Twitter drama of the week. You know, it's. But anyway, I just thought even was, then, the game doesn't make light of it. Well, see, that's why. That's why I. That's actually why I brought it up because I think it's it's such an ironic. It's an ironic thing because the the whole con- the whole thing that makes probably the best thing about Undertale is the fact that the genocide run exists and and the and 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 what it what it what it accomplishes because it makes you feel bad for killing video game characters. It's yeah. It's not the genocide route isn't a joke, and that's what's so striking about it is that everything else about the Undertale is so lighthearted and jokey, and then you go the genocide route, and it's pretty. Pretty fucking serious. Uh, and there, yeah, there's only a couple. There's a couple of jokes, but they're dark. The rest of it is grim. Yeah, uh, and 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 so it's doing the opposite of making light of it. it. If anything, it's it's one of the more effective video games at criticizing that aspect of games of how you just kill everyone with no no repercussion and and without feeling bad. Uh, so it's really ironic that they're that they're trying to kind of control how people use the term genocide to relate and also you are actually committing genocide when you do that run of the game so the term is 100 accurate regardless of of your feelings of the term genocide i don't know it i just you're specifically killing a race of monsters it just drives me crazy because these are the type of people that like they're the they're the main like people trying to say like video games are art and he's does this critique where he's calling undertale art. And then they're also the first people to speak up and try to uh, police how you talk about it, which is so anti-art that I pulled up the actual wording again so that you can get mad about it again. If I had the option to refer to a way of playing a game without making light of systematic murder, I will. Thanks. And and like that was responding to me when I was in my you know being nice mode pretty much I wasn't yeah. I, I wasn't being like inflammatory at that point uh, but he probably looked at my profile and saw that I compared Zoe Quinn to Scarlett Johansson and 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 probably realized that <laughs> that I was I was one of them uh, and and he later refers to me as being a part of a crowd when uh, when the person. Uh, and the other person who, when someone else goes through my profile and finds uh, where I joked about how uh, idiocracy, I, I was the first one on Twitter to notice that idiocracy seems a lot like how modern life is. You know, like if you've ever seen the film Idiocracy, it turns out that that modern times are a lot like idiocracy, and it's crazy. I was clearly being sarcastic, and they took it seriously. Anyway, fuck it. Let's stop talking about Twitter. Uh, News. Uh, yeah. Life is Strange Season 2. Finally! Oh. Confirmed. Today. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest game of the year will be getting a sequel. Life is Strange Season 2 coming at you. Look out <sighs> for that. Did that even, like, at all set up for a Season 2? Like, no. It just kind of ends? Okay. Spoilers. I can actually do this now. Life is Strange spoilers. So, Life is Strange ended where you choose between saving Chloe and killing the entire town or letting the town live and letting Chloe die. So, no, there's absolutely no room for a sequel at all, and it's just getting made because it was popular. Fuck it. I can't believe it was popular. I I guess relatively popular for their... Budget and jeez. Oh, I mean, it that. seems like it was kind of popular. I guess lack of competition, really. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a surprisingly dedicated fan base. Mm. They make lots of art, and it's all well. People relate to the young fandom. character that says, "We're gonna get seriously trolled." Gonna what get hella, say? gonna get hella trolled, crunked, or hella kek. There's it's just all that stuff. All that it? shit. Right, well, good stuff. Uh, the big news, the big news of this week. Well, two big news things. There's Actually, big news three. Last week and I didn't write it down because we're basically covering two weeks. There's a third big news. Let's go with I'll the third one. Afterwards. Okay, never mind. We'll oh, go okay, with the first we can one. Start with it. So, Fuck. Mega sixty four. They made a Patreon. 
finally. I guess you could call that big news. No, it is. It is because for they aren't like a small operation. They have a studio. They have um, full time employees. They, but they've basically been subsisting on ads and merchandise for um, for years, and they've been doing really well with it. But they finally decided they wanted to expand, and the only way to do that reliably without having to make more um, of those commission videos or those kind of ads is to start a Patreon. So they did that, and they did that two days ago. They've already got like $5,500 a month in Patreon money. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, I, I really like Mega64, and I'm glad to see that it was a huge success. I like them a lot. I don't like Patreon. I still just... Ah, uh, there's just On something... principle? I don't know. They, they even... That was the, the first thing they acknowledged in the Patreon. That, hey, didn't you guys make fun of Patreon before? And it's true, but they gave a pretty good explanation of it that kind of turned me around on I'll it. Have to, I'll have to look at that. But I, I personally, I know I know several people who use Patreon and, and who I'm buds with. But I, I like personally, like I just can't imagine... It's literally a donation cup, you know, and 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 I just feel like if you when you reach a certain level of of professionalism, you need to treat yourself that way. Like I, I don't, I try not to judge people, but it's just like you're you're staying as a street artist when you really should be, you know, a studio. Like well, I, they, that's what they are. That's the thing. They are a studio. They have one. They, and that's what. That's my point. Is that like they're too. In my in my view, if I were them, I'd be going like, "Well, I'm, we're too big to be to be you know literally begging people for money." And I, begging is a strong word because they're not like they're not making that huge deal out of it. I don't think, and they're not like I, I don't I, I don't think they're the kind of people that are going to be like, "Well, donate to our Patreon after every video." Yeah, here's but, the uh, thing: there's there's no rewards at all. All it is is donations, and they're very upfront about that. Um, this is I found the paragraph. It's very short. They say, haven't you guys made fun of crowdfunding? Yeah, we've made fun of crowdfunding. People asking for too little to make their first AAA game or too much for a first-class flight to Seattle. But we don't believe that's the case here. We're not funding construction of a space shuttle or anything else we don't know about. It's just making the current Mega64 bigger and more ambitious. So that I'm totally fine with that. The very clear objective is just to scale up slightly. Yeah, I mean, I've just... I, I guess I just still haven't really figured it out in my head of like ha- what exactly my feelings are because like I, there's the well's something... been poisoned because the early adopters were the the bad eggs. Yeah, you've got people like Greg Miller and stuff. Who are yeah, just... and Jim Sterling. Yeah, that crowd. Yeah, I get it. I, and and but... the whole the whole idea of like I feel like there's going to be an inevitable collapse in in the whole model that that I don't feel like it's sustainable. Uh, and so, as a whole, I'm kind of wary of it because I feel like I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like something's going to happen. Like it can't sustain itself. That 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 is going to got too many people asking for money, and and it's it's everyone and their brother is going to have a Patreon, and it's like you know that ah, is true. It's weird, but I would say there's no there's no reason the structure collapses after certain users fail i mean so people like mega 64 they they get their money from interest in them anyway so it's not like i mean if people do lose interest in them and stop paying them on patreon it's the same thing as people not buying their merchandise or dvds anymore so i at least with them i don't think that this is marks a significant departure from their current business model all it is is more it's more money and it was something like jim sterling i could see not working out like he doesn't strike me as somebody who knows how to run a biz that's the thing mega 64 predates youtube they've never relied on youtube as a service they they put their stuff wherever it would go on public access tv on ign and game trailers so they have a business that's independent of any one service so I think they specifically are durable enough to survive even a Patreon bubble burst. Sure. But I still don't think there's anything structural about Patreon that would make the whole thing collapse. Yeah, it's just a I, donation service. I know what you mean. I just 
God, the whole culture of it is just so bizarre to me. Why are people paying Mega sixty four and not getting anything in return? I mean, I know you're watching their videos, and and so you, you you could feel like, well, I'm giving you money so that I can see your videos, but you can see the videos regardless of that, and you watch an ad. Assumedly, you watch an ad to watch the video, or you buy the merch, and you get a physical thing for what you're paying for. But people have given fifty thousand, fifty-five thousand dollars to them, and not, they're not expecting anything in return. And that's, or I mean, they're expecting Mega Sixty Four to become a bigger thing, but they're personally not gaining. It's just bizarre to me. It's the well, whole culture, is... and that goes for all of crowdfunding, really. But like, they do have one reward. They have one reward. You get a one-time mystery prize if you donate $10. But it's not like a recurring access to behind-the-scenes content. So, yeah, you're right. There really isn't any incentive here besides making them grow. But I think that that's more interesting, that the people who are donating do it because they want to contribute money and make it grow. They're not expecting any behind-the-scenes content, or if you donate $25, you get to have an email conversation with me. Like, Yeah, and, and on. one thing that I'll give it credit for, is, like, give Patreon credit for in general, is that, like, you're not getting the illusion of being a part of, like, like a part of the production, or the yeah. illusion of, of having a fin- the guarantee of a finished product, or anything like that. Like, Kickstarter has a special kind of ickiness, I think, because I feel like a significant amount of the people who who donate to a Kickstarter see it more as, as an investment than a donation, and we've talked about that before. But uh, it's just weird the whole the whole culture of of donations online is is getting out of hand, in my opinion. But I, maybe I'm just an old man yelling at a cloud. You know what? I I just can't agree. Yeah. I prefer it to ads, really. It, it, it there's so many misaligned incentives to make more shorter videos that are worse in quality and lower effort because ads get paid on minutes watched. So I, th- this is, I think, a great solution, even though some of the earliest adopters of it are, are just not not good people. Um, I, I will say that Mega64, out of every other Patreon that I've ever seen, Except maybe Dyslexi, who runs um, Shack Tag, they they might have the best justification for it because they're more of a they're as much a community as content creators. Like they have built a community that has a forum and all that stuff. Yeah. Like there's that community atmosphere means that people might feel obligated to support it, you know, by giving it money, and and that I understand. That I I can understand, but I, it's the it's the I'm already making YouTube videos, but give me money that just, it, I'm not saying it's like ethically wrong or anything. It's just, there's something about it that rubs me the wrong way. And yeah, and I, I haven't figured it out yet. And maybe I'll change my mind as it becomes more prevalent. But as of now, it's just totally bizarre to me. Yeah, I'll give you that. That there's times where it feels like it's just, I want more money. And what could you possibly do with it other than, you know, give more money? But when they lay out concrete goals, like, We'll get a new studio that obviously has rent that will be higher. Um, buying equipment, making more videos more frequently. Those are concrete goals that you can justify the money. But somebody like Jim Sterling, who is still just filming himself in a dictator costume in front of a like replica Nazi flag or whatever he does, I don't. <laughs> so that's Jim Sterling, right? Can we confirm that Jim Sterling is a Nazi on on the show? People like that, yeah. It's like, what are you possibly doing with the money? I think a lot of my fear of it also is more of a larger fear about content creation as a job. Like, Mega64 doesn't have this problem. They're very well established. They have a lot of experience now. Uh, You know, if if Rocco decides that Mega64 isn't going to be a thing anymore, he could get work, you know, because he's got production experience a lot of these youtubers and stuff like someone like me if i were to decide to decide to start making money off of what i do and and turn it into a job if it doesn't work out what the fuck am i gonna do or like even if it does work out when it comes time to retire and stuff like it's just like it's not a sustainable life plan and 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 i'm i'm legitimately it's like it's like paying athletes 55 million dollars and then they spend it all and become totally 
they, they, their families are neglected because they don't know what to, how to spend their money. It's kind of a similar thing of like, yikes, these people might be setting themselves up for disaster. And, and yeah, I can and people, see that. Don't get me wrong. It's, people can do whatever they want. I'm just saying it, it, it makes me, it makes me feel weird about the whole thing. It, that's a similar problem as what's been on YouTube. I mean, the YouTube bubble bursting has always been a fear for um, semi-popular or not semi. If you could separate the A-list and B-list, PewDiePie and Tobuscus and those people, I call them the A-listers, and the B-listers are your Total Biscuits and Boogie2988s who yeah. are not like part of the upper echelon, they are upper echelon, but they're not part of the inner circle. YouTube doesn't call them before they make decisions. Um, those people are at risk, really, if you if some major change to the YouTube ad model takes place. So, yeah, it's it's always been a fear for those people whether or when they almost assume that it will happen when the YouTube well dries up. What they'll do, Mega sixty four will continue to survive whether YouTube dies or not. Yeah, they're fine. Um, and and maybe and you know what? Maybe maybe the whole thing will just kind of move along at a steady rate, and and it won't blow up or whatever deflate. But it, it's it is a very weird and completely new economy, you know that that I don't think anyone really understands, and 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 it's really hard to predict. So I just want to see a competitor to Patreon. That's what makes me more uncomfortable than anything about this is that nobody besides Patreon has a service exactly like this and is clean. I'm yeah, sure I mean, there's another service that I've seen other it, crowdfunding service, but... but they're always very small and like they're more like personally working with whoever's doing the crowdfunding. Like yeah. uh like you start your own website that has a crowdfund thing on it and maybe you're going through another company and stuff like that. But but nothing nearly as large as Patreon. And I mean that I think that kind of goes for like you've got Kickstarter and Go GoFundMe and Indiegogo or just GoFundMe yeah. and Indiegogo the same thing. I don't know. Indiegogo is the one that I hear about more than GoFundMe. Yeah, but uh, those I feel like those at least compete with each other enough to to sustain a, a an actual economy going. But yeah, it's oh weird. It's weird stuff. Weird stuff. Maybe we should start. We should start a crowdfund and, and ask people <laughs> for money for for what we do. Uh, anyway, now that I've joked about it, we can we can never do it because. Uh, um, Zoe Quinn's making a movie. Yeah, is that how? So how confirmed is this? I, the last I, I heard about it is all twenty five percent confirmed. It's it's like there's definitely discussions, but but there's it's more likely than not I think that it won't happen. Uh, I just thought it was funny. It's just funny, and she might start. It might be starring Scarlett Johansson, which would be hilarious. That would be one of the funniest things of all time. To get to, to see Scarlett Johansson pretend to be out. Zoe Quinn, it would be because so, it's going to be bad. It would be. I mean, it would have to be, and 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 it would just be like it would have. It would be you know it would be like factually incorrect and and horribly like biased and misleading. But the best part is that you'd get all these people who have no idea what the fuck Zoe Quinn and Gamergate and all that stuff is. They're all going to be like involved. Like Scarlett Johansson doesn't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> And and they're gonna be doing this thing, and that just that thought is hilarious to me, and I want it to happen. <laughs> yeah, like so, it might have the same effect as that. Uh, you know that movie, God's Not Dead. Oh, it was like this, produced by this Christian rock band, and it's it's really funny. Just imagine, like. Um, Imagine the amazing atheist's worst nightmare of like a student. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's so funny. Uh, the the my favorite scene in it I is this, heard of it. this um, basically the you know that copy pasta where the the professor the, the scheming the yeah the scheming atheist professor <laughs> yeah and, yeah it's basically that the parodies the of that are the best things. On it the is internet. that but a feature length like high production value movie and my, the favorite part of that is um toward the end the kid says why do you hate god that's not even a question 
Why do you hate God? You better stop that. Why do you hate God? Because he took everything from me. Really? Yes, I hate God. How could that you sounds... hate someone who doesn't exist? And that's that the sounds movie. incredible. And it features a, a song called God's Not Dead, He's Surely Alive. And it's like this uh, contemporary Christian revival movie. It's it's really funny. It's a really funny movie. And I want to see a gamer gay version of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be it would it would it would be a lot of entertainment. For about a week, it would be really fun to be on the internet. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies, uh the Warcraft Warcraft the movie trailer came out. Ten Did years it? too late. <laughs> this, uh, people would have loved or I guess people are excited about it, but if there was peak interest for a movie like this, it's not now. Nope. In I, fact, World of Warcraft recently decided to not release their subscriber numbers anymore. Yep, I also read about that, yeah. Because they're declining. Yeah, and, and I mean, considering how far they've gotten, it, it's really not like a... Oh, yeah. for them or anything. It's not like it's they've failed or anything. And even even if their subscriber numbers are declining, they're still in the millions, <laughs> which yes. is more than most MMOs by far. Uh, they defined a genre. They have other games that make a lot of money, and which is they important. Will, they will make a sort of sequel. It will happen. They'll they'll oh, yeah. they'll make another MMO, and it'll be a big deal. It'll be yeah. World of Warcraft, but super polished, and everyone will play it. Yep. Uh, even I might play that. Uh, but yeah, I watched the trailer and it it does not look good. Uh, a lot of people are excited for it though, so luck to them. I haven't even seen the trailer. I'm not interested. Yeah, you should see it just out of curiosity because it it it's weird to see them try to bring these very cartoony style characters to life. You know, try to make yeah. them realistic. Uh, it it looks. It looks weird. The orcs look more realistic than the humans in a weird way. Like you know, you enter that uncanny valley where the animation is. It the, like I guess it's all CG, of course. I don't know if the humans are one hundred percent CG. I, I, I'm sure they're based on actors' faces or something, but they look CG because they're surrounded by CG, and yeah. and it it looks odd and bad, and it's, it also looks extremely the, high budget. The screenshots I've seen kind of remind me of um that what's that movie? Beowulf. That yeah, bad Beowulf yeah, movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. It has that same kind of feel of like, well, I can tell it's all fake. It looks good in that, like, it's amazing that they've done what they've done, but it looks bad in that it doesn't actually look real. Uh, yeah. And then the plot, I don't know what the fuck the plot is because I'm not the lore, really, but but basically, like, it looks like it's going to be like the bad guys and the good guys have to team up against a common evil and... uh and it's gonna be there's gonna be a big battle, and it's gonna they're trying to like emulate like Lord of the Rings and stuff, and just it doesn't look good. I think the movie should just be two hours of um a naked guy begging for gold. <laughs> That'd be good, like an art film, yeah. <laughs> um, a dancing a dancing night elf uh, <laughs> begging for gold. Um, all right, last thing, last news thing. Uh, Fallout 4 comes out tonight. It's already out in Europe. Uh, yeah. I I have it I have it pre-ordered against my will. Someone bought it for me. Uh so I own that game legally. Uh, um so do I. And I bought so, it though. All right. I, and, I made uh, sure to read about it first to make sure it was all kosher. It was I was going to buy it unless it was, you know, plagued with technical difficulties and yeah i mean it'll like be that. it'll be as playable as the bethesda games before it uh which might not be saying a whole lot but <laughs> yeah, i mean if it's a, if it's at least as polished as skyrim then i'm fine polished is an interesting choice of words well you know well, um, I, I know what you mean i i i just i i the I, more I I see the level game, of polish the more to expect negative i feel about it uh it looks like visually it looks really bad uh Gameplay wise, it looks like Fallout Three, which I didn't entirely enjoy. So I, yeah. um, if I had to just guesstimate, it's going to be better than Fallout Three, not as good as New Vegas. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I guess I, I'll probably stream it tonight. We'll see. Uh, I need to go to bed though, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, 
at least they let you preload it. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, there's a weird thing going on where, like, so it's out in Europe right now. According to Twitch, you can't stream it until midnight Eastern U.S. time, I think. Uh, which means that, like, people who own the game aren't allowed to stream it unless they're verified by Bethesda. But then people are doing it anyway, and it doesn't seem like they're being punished. And they really need to stop with this embargo shit. Kotaku ran a story because Kotaku doesn't get well, the early copies of Bethesda games, apparently. Uh, Kotaku ran a story about how there's an embargo. There was an embargo for the embargo date. So there's a good reason for embargoes. I get I I get the reason for embargoes. It's the way they're handled that's the problem. Uh especially like when it gets out of hand like this cuz like so you've got Kotaku ran this story. You've got an embargo for the date that you can announce the embargo. Oh, that's like, silly. That's absurd. Yeah. And then and then the actual embargo is after it comes out in a lot of regions and well after a lot of people get it early because of leaks and all yeah, that, that stuff. Yeah, that is silly. And that's it's it doesn't make any sense. It, it it ends up in a lot of people being unfairly punished and a lot of people being unfairly un, not punished and just it needs to stop. It, it, it I god, what was the last game it happened with that was like there's some um, game that came out where it was like six hours after it was out in the U.S. The embargo lifted, which was was it that Shadows of Mordor game? Might have been that. It might have been. Uh, I thought there was some. No, that was like review codes or something. Oh, Unity, wasn't it? Yeah, Unity sounds right. Unity sounds right. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, there was a heavy embargo on that game. But yeah, you can never, you can never really hide that your game is bad or good. But like, that's the thing about Fallout, though, is that like the only thing they can really be protecting is details because they have such a dedicated like they know they're going to sell copies like it's not even if the game was bad they it would still be successful especially the amount of money that i suspect they spent on those games which isn't on uh although maybe they're just wildly inefficient i don't know but yeah i that stuff needs to be sorted out because it's 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 out of hand yeah it's very dumb but for like you said for games that they know people are gonna buy without even checking a review, um, they don't care. <laughs> That's part of the problem. They don't care, but then they set an embargo anyway, and it 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 creates a lot of unfairness when people are getting banned from Twitch and stuff, and yeah. and other people aren't, and ugh, bad shit. And a lot of people just stream. They don't know that there's an embargo. Like they're just some dude who got the copy early. Um, I wonder how they're policing that. I don't know. Which moderators, probably. Yeah, but are they, go, are they going through every, Yeah, they must have, like... Hmm, they must have, like, a task force that gets put together whenever there's, like, a high-profile new release like this with yeah, an embargo. Probably. And they, like, just cycle through hundreds of streams at the same time on lots of monitors... No, see. I doubt it's that organized. I, well, they can't. They have to do something. I think it's people in their basement at home in their underwear, looking at streams. And if it's against the rules, then they then they ban it, and and they, they get they paid. They have to maybe. have some way to look at several at once because no, you don't have the option to put Fallout Four. I don't think because it's not you officially might, supported but... yet. So. If but still, you, like you just, yeah. you just search Fallout Three and Fallout Four in the in the Twitter search bar and follow the links that all the people say that they're streaming. You know, like yeah, there, there's yeah. ways, okay. easy ways yeah. to do it. Um, if you're, I guess, if you're streaming to no audience, then they might not find it. Um, that that that, which is weird anyway. Yes, they're streaming Bob Ross. It's also every week now. So I found out more Smash that nobody cares about, but Project M is a mod for Brawl that Twitch is really afraid of because they uh, Nintendo hasn't officially acknowledged that it exists in any capacity because of their general stance toward modification and uh, so Twitch doesn't want anything to do with it uh, on the streams like when they're commentating they call it Voldemort because like the game that must not be named yeah um, it's funny when some of the top players just don't give a shit and start talking about it anyway and they like panic but um, so Hitbox is the only one who takes Project M because Hitbox doesn't care about that sort of thing. Twitch, not though, big, it, it, exactly. Hitbox isn't big enough for big companies to care. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and Twitch is under pressure. And I, I still think that, like, 
I still think that Twitch might have enough clout to say, like, nah, fuck you, Bethesda. If people get the copy of the game legally, it's out in their country, they should be able to stream it. Like, you would think, it's Twitch. It's Amazon. Yeah, but... What's the worst that can happen? Like, what is Bethesda hanging over their head? I don't... I don't... I think what... It might be bigger than that. Like, it might be bigger than just Twitch's relationship with Bethesda. It's it's clearly a, a business relationship. These companies, I assume, get some of the revenue from streaming their games from the ads. That must be the case. Because Probably, the companies to keep them do happy. support it. Yes. So, the, the whole existence of Twitch depends on the companies permitting it. Like, they, Twitch doesn't have Maybe. an official option for games that they don't have the right to stream. But can you so, imagine the shitstorm if Bethesda said you can't, uh, we, we don't can't. have a relationship with, stream, I with can't. Twitch anymore? Exactly. But what I'm saying is if Twitch tries to put down its foot and say, no, fuck you, we're going to do it <laughs> yeah. anyway, Like, then that hurts Twitch's relationship with all publishers. Because a publisher might not be so keen on Twitch anymore after that, and it would just degrade the fiber that Twitch has been building between these publishers yeah, I mean, you and might, itself. Yeah, in, in really big terms of just like un, untangible, intangible uh, business connections and stuff, maybe. I still feel like, though, if, if Twitch just sets a precedent of like, no, if you make unreasonable embargo demands that we that we literally just don't have the capability to actually police then no we we, we just not we, we we're not going to support that because it's unreasonable uh i i don't know i i feel like they're caving for no reason uh or no no reason that i can see but it also might it could be illegal it clearly is a legal thing too it's yeah. probably illegal to stream yeah i don't know i don't know how that that, that gets into some and twitch twitch has to... areas well, yeah, but there's something called safe harbor that if you're in, in a site like YouTube or Twitch or something and someone uploads copyrighted material to your service, then you're safe so long as you're diligent about removing it when yeah. you become aware of it. So to, but- so long as Twitch is pruning the streams as it finds them, then it's safe. But if it decides to be really blatant about ignoring it, then it might legally not be safe, and it might know, be more. But I don't know if, if an embargo is a legal is a legal thing. Mm. Embargoes are pretty much just company to company relationships. You can break an embargo if you want legally. You just aren't going to get future copies of their games, or you're going to break your relationship. Whatever, you know. I don't think there's any legal precedent. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I mean, um, Square Enix sent me that cease and desist for streaming the. Um, unreleased life is strange yeah which who knows if it would have gone through or yeah whatever but the, the point is there seems to be some unauthorized copy, the, like the reason they, they seem can... to have some copyright ownership of didn't they send you that under material? the under the impression that you had gotten it illegally because no, it wasn't it available. wasn't just that so they weren't like they weren't going to do that for pirating it I'm pretty sure it was. Well, I don't know who. Can, I who can say? There's a lot of other. There's, yeah, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances around that. I'm talking about someone who goes to their who lives in the UK and goes to game and buys the game and streams it. I don't feel like. I don't feel like there's any legal uh, thing there. That's just them streaming a game that they got. Go into fair I, use and all that, but that's a much broader question. Yeah, I'm less. I'm less optimistic. I think there might be some legal difficulty there, or at least it's a gray enough area that Twitch definitely doesn't want to go there. Well, one of that the many one of the many lawyers that listens to our uh, podcast should should email us or or whatever. Uh, I know you're out there, all you all you legal experts of the thousands of people that listen to this. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. That's all we've got for for this week. Uh, maybe tune in to my Twitch tonight. I might stream Fallout Four, but no. No guarantees. Also, who the hell is going to choose me over the million other people uh, streaming Fallout 4? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I might, I might uh, set up a competition stream. Dual streams? Yeah. Cross Just the streams? I got nothing better to do. Yeah. I've got to watch wrestling tonight. Oh, yeah. You got to. Seth Rollins uh, got injured 
he's the he's the championship holder, and he's like tore an ACL or something. He's going to be out for like six months. So it was act- it's actually like a really big deal. Uh, okay. Well, I want to see how they deal with that. Yes. All right. Good night, everyone. Hope you enjoyed our rambling podcast. Yes. Adios. Adios.